0: The IBM Cloud Podcast, coming to you every show with information about new capabilities and releases. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the IBM Cloud Podcast. We are your hosts from the offerings team here at IBM Cloud. My name is Ian Lynch. And I'm
1: Stu Choquette.
0: And today, guys, we're joined by Alison Gaynor, who is part of the HyperProtect product management team here at IBM. Alison, welcome to the show. Thank
2: you very much. I'm excited to be here.
0: So, Alison, we're here today to talk a little bit about breaches and I've been reading online and it seems like a lot of money is lost and spent and trying to fix breaches and money money's being taken. Is that all like malicious stuff? Is that all hacks and people actually specifically going out of their way to try, take other people's possessions and
2: items and just hacks in general? yeah it's um, it's very scary every day you're hearing about breaches and the dollars just continue to rise right They talk about the average cost is 3.9 million but that's not even cutting it in terms of the cost right wow. you have situations where some data breaches actually um, involve penalties those penalties can exceed 230 million dollars in one case wow. with British Airlines where from because of GDPR Wow.
0: So like we're talking around this is nearly 4 million in data breaches and over time but then you're talking about the fines are incredible on top of that. What barons has that got on a company?
2: Oh, it's it's tragic, right? So for example, it's not even just the fines in the company. So large companies see fines and they can see fines, the situation that we discussed with the airlines, that actually happened in 2018 and the fines came in 2019. So they can stretch over years. Uh, what, we, what you worry about is even the small companies. So in a case of ransomware, one-fifth of small companies are actually taken out of business. That's wow. what I was about to say, yeah. So smaller
0: yeah. companies are, and it's They're a lot really, of money we're talking about, right? But they don't have that type of money. So let's bring it back a little bit to the cloud, Allison. So if I'm running on-premise, is it easier for me or is it harder for me to be attacked than it is to be running in the cloud, for example?
2: Oh, that's a fair question. It, attacks occur everywhere. And actually, one of the biggest challenges is that most of those hacks are from internal threats, right? The opportunity to expose your IP. And they have more inside information around the applications and do and, and work maliciously to go after the, the, the IP.
0: So be
1: careful who you hire.
2: Exactly. <laughs> yeah, no,
1: I, I remember a couple of times I've had trouble with my credit cards. It was someone on the inside that did it.
2: Absolutely, and so you've got some that some hackers that are out there just exploring and having fun, but the inside ones, those are actually more malicious.
1: Yeah, is it, I mean, besides financial, though, are there other things that hit a company? I mean, the four hundred million dollars is is real, so I'm not going to play that down. But right. you know, what else kind of tax you know attacks that company that has a breach?
2: Well, fair enough. I, I think you know we talked about the fact that sometimes you are actually put out of business, but then you've got loss of trust in the brand. Right, immediately and and you see that more so in your healthcare and your financial services where retaining customers and a lot of it's around trust, right? Depending on how fast you act you need to think about this in terms of planning but planning not only includes how do I protect myself from breaches but also in the case of a breach how quickly am I going to respond how quickly am I going to notify people the longer you wait the less trust people are going to have in you and we've seen that time and time again with many retail companies insurance companies who've waited a long period And we ourselves have been attacked. And so we question, do I want to continue doing business with that company?
1: Yeah, I think it's important for companies to realize that these days there's choices. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if you can't get, if you're not comfortable with your data in one place, you switch insurance companies or you switch airlines or something. But
0: guys, how do you know you're attacked before you're attacked? Is there a way of getting
2: ahead of it even? There are there are ways to detect attacks, and depending on the software that you have available, and some of the I mean, IBM actually runs secure, secure operations around the world where we have professional services to go in and monitor for attacks, um, and that's a bit, one of the biggest tricks. If you can't identify when it's happening to you, the longer it takes, the more you're exposed. Right.
0: So let's bring it a little bit back to IBM, Allison, and you just said that you can run software and you can run different items. So Let's talk a bit at IBM. What do we have?
2: So we have um, we've done a, a huge investments, and I'll just use by example, right? Mm-hmm. So when we bring. Our own offerings like IBM blockchain to the cloud we have to think about how do we protect For the core of a blockchain is a trusted hypervisor and every member that participates we need to make sure it's rock-solid and that they're not going to be exposed because then that destroys the whole premise and so in order to bring that kind of solution to the cloud we had to do it such on starting with the hardware the kind of servers that we run have to have rock-solid protection. Protection. And so blockchain, um, in order to, to bring it forward, we ha- we run it on the Linux One servers. They're co-located in the IBM data centers. And so we also had to provide the kinds of solutions that give them that level of security to protect them.
1: Yeah, and, and I can see how even with a public cloud service, it, all it takes is one out of 200 services. And if you lose uh-huh. trust in it, you go, yeah, what about the other
2: ones? Right. So, I mean, I think depending on the kind of workloads that you're choosing, you have choices, right? When you get onto any kind of cloud provider, you're making choices as you're building out your solution. And one of the things you have to consider is identity management. How am I going to yep. ensure access control, the right identity people management. have access to my my workloads and to prevent the bad guys from getting in and, and being able to see it. And so depending on the workload, you do have you should have choice and you do have choice and the extent of protection that you need. And so we brought forward a new class of services that were based on the premises of what we did to protect blockchain.
1: So so can um, so if I were a company, and this is certainly I could see the big liability here, mm-hmm. uh, even especially if I was a small guy and run the risk of going out of business. Can I ever protect myself a hundred percent? It seems to me that the the hackers get smarter as the companies get smarter, and I guess that says you have to always be vigilant. But can I ever go and said, "Whoo, I, th- I can tell you know my my customers, we got it now."
2: You know, every time we think we got it, someone else does something different. Smarter hackers, and there's been some. <laughs> some very interesting novel ideas that people have. There are some service providers that have put in a data center in the, um, on the sea floor, right? There are some that have said that there's a single entrance to get to all containers on the World Wide Web and they monitor them vehemently. Eventually, one has to realize that you just have to stay ahead of the game, right? And that's why IBM every, continues to invest in new and different ways to protect the customer. When you think about Linux One technologies, the, the server itself has built-in protection, right? And this is the kind of protection that Financial services, insurance companies have known, been tried and true. It's been available on-prem, and we brought that to the cloud. So think about encryption hardware up. To protect the customers,
1: and it seems like probably one good way, if you are a company evaluating it, is really just to go look and see which companies have had breaches, which you know, cloud companies have had trouble with fines and things like that. Because I mean, the good news is I don't recall us being in the news for that.
2: No, we have not been in the news.
1: And so that's a right. that's a, a tribute to our trying to get ahead of it. I think
2: right. We always call IBM is secure to the core, and what we've done is we've come up with a new class of services that really bring that into fruition for your sensitive workloads coming to the cloud.
1: So, so going all the way back to Ian's introduction of you, what in the world is HyperProtect Services? And, and, and whatever it is, are there people that do something similar?
2: Ah, that's a great question. So hyperprotect services are basically all those capabilities that we talked about that we use to protect blockchain and more. And we basically now have opened them up. We drank our own champagne and now we're opening up class of software services that are available. So we think of it this way, it's all of the security that you can expect from Linux 1 with the simplicity that is brought forward in the cloud. And so for hyperprotect services, we've got a variety of them. We first start with identity management, right? We are concerned about your the keys or digital signatures to make sure that those are protected. Well, all of those keys need to be stored somewhere and they're stored in a hardware security module mm-hmm. called an HSM. IBM has the most secure one. They call is certified by FIPS 140 to level 4. And what level 4 means, everyone, a lot of times other Providers say level three is good enough because when we detect something, we notify someone. Well, level four means that no one can see your keys. No one except an authorized user has any way to access it. And back to secured to the hard- hardware up, if anyone attempts to tamper with that HSM, it actually erases all the keys immediately. It takes wow. immediate action. So you're protected. And if you have high availability, no worry, your services are not interrupted. They stay up because the other HSM has not been attacked. But that level of security is unknown in the marketplace. This is, this is actually really innovative. Brands. So we're a jump
1: ahead of our competitors in that space. I Absolutely. mean, they're just saying, two, three, that's enough. Right. We're going, no, it's not enough.
2: It's not enough. Well, not not enough. Right. they're saying it's not enough because they don't offer it right? right but we brought this course because now you can now you can bring those new mission critical workloads to the cloud so crypto services hyper protect crypto services offers you both that identity management capabilities backed by that trusted HSM and then with the database right back to this notion of can you see my data can you access my data we brought in two hyper protect databases of service we offer Postgres and we offer MongoDB the enterprise edition version which gives you that data confidentiality that you need for sensitive data. What that means again is no one can see the data unless they're authorized. When you think about, we back to Linux One, so that Linux One server has what we call secure enclaves. Think about little mini vaults inside that server and your instance goes into that vault and it's protected.
1: So if you were a healthcare company or an insurance or anybody that has data, well I guess that's about every company has stuff that can get exposed you could feel comfortable running on the IBM Cloud, either on-premise or uh, in public, because of of the the security services we offer, right?
2: Exactly. You know, back to the notion of the database. So that's that the data is... It's um, encrypted at rest and in flight, and one big concern you have is well, if I encrypt it to that level, and that's some a lot of the reasons why people don't encrypt data is because of performance. Right, and so when you when you're running with HyperProtect Protect DBaaS, you, you you're not compromising performance. That's the main message. So you get the performance you need, the encryption that's necessary to protect your sensitive data and it allows you to do new things. Um, we dealt with one customer who's using HyperProtect D-Bass, and they consider it Fort Knox. Ooh. Right? They actually chose our database running on the IBM cloud over the one that they have running on-prem because they believe the one in the cloud is more secure than what was running in their wow. data center.
0: So for the listeners, Allison, if you wanted the guys to walk away with two walkaways from listening to the episode today, now I mean besides the fact that Security has moved past making sure your antivirus is updated. Which who <laughs> remembers that?
2: <laughs> Absolutely. And what would the two walkaways be? So I would say, first and foremost, HyperProtect Services offers unmatched security. It allows you to accelerate innovation and run your mission-critical workloads with sensitive data on the cloud with peace of mind. That's one thing to think about. The tamper-resistant environments enforced te- by technology, so not by policy, not our cloud admins don't have access because we have policies, but they literally physically cannot touch it. And so no one, not even the cloud administrator, can have access to your data. Nice. Oh,
0: cool. So CISO is a very important role in all this. as mm-hmm. um, he the only one who can get access to all this type of data? and. Is he the only one that can actually really want to learn more about this?
2: I, I think it's open. I think you you a lot of everyone is gonna to want to take advantage of this. Um, I think what the CISO is, is he is the person who's the influencer or the decision maker of what kinds of workloads can run in the cloud. But you know, absolutely you're gonna you anyone who's building applications is gonna to want to have familiarity of hyperprotect because they have choice, right? Which virtual servers do I wanna run? And depending on the workload you're gonna wanna make the the choice that's right for you.
0: So as I'm building that application, do I always need to consider the chief security officer in this, or is it something that can be added in afterwards? Am I constantly having to think about security and hyper-protect as I'm building an application today? Or is it something that, I don't wanna say an afterthought, but I mean, I can really focus on my code, creating innovation, and then afterwards I can say, hey, have I got a security security. for you, let's (laughs) plug it in.
2: Well, it it depends, I think that you have, that it's part of planning right? I think that if you are planning to run mission-critical workloads with sensitive data, you have to be very proactive. You you choose a database, right, going into this that where, and and, Mm -hmm. and it's it's concepts of how you're going to lay out the plans for the application. What data has to reside where? So those choices have to be made early on. In terms of in terms of key management, a lot of that can be added later, right? Nice. So you can start building your applications. You could even start with Key Protect because the same APIs that are used for Key Protect on the IBM Cloud can then in turn be used for Hyper Protect crypto services. So, so you can start with Key Protect and then expand and add that capability.
0: I feel like somebody somewhere should make this type of security mandatory in the cloud. No, it's like if I want my put my data, my data personally, Ian's data in the cloud or anything that I'm doing, I feel that every company
1: should be using something. Should like be this. some and standard.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Not to be just, oh, it's at a certain level, but it's it's actually there. No one can touch my data. It's fully locked down. Well it's, you would think like,
1: it would be tied to the standards by an industry. Like the financial industry standard would say you must meet this. The healthcare would say you must meet this. Mm-hmm. And it's a strong minimum. And I think that's where Alison jumps in, Steve, and says, hey, watch this space.
2: <laughs> watch this space. We will continue to grow and enhance this and, and, and um, add all of the compliances so it makes it easier to just choose HyperProtect. Again, all the simplicity that comes with the cloud, all the security that you need for peace of mind when running those workloads. Nice.
0: So, Alison, where, besides IBM.com forward slash HyperProtect, maybe, or where to quick Google of HyperProtect and I'll find out everything quick. I need? Quick
2: Google of HyperProtect, two separate words, HyperProtect, and you can um, quickly access and gain tons of information about the solution.
0: Awesome. I'm saying most episodes, Allison, this has been highly informative, but this one really has yeah. been <laughs> kind of scary as well. but I want to make sure so that sure everyone's like, you got to pick the
1: right. You got to right? pr- pr- uh, pick the right provider, or you're uh, you're in the news, yeah. and nobody, no company wants to be in the news no for a search.
0: But Alison, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It was, it was, it was really informative and as I said, quite scary. But um, yeah, thank you.
2: (laughs) Thanks for having me guys. Really appreciate it.
0: And for myself and Steve, as always, guys, thanks for joining in. See you next time on the IBM Cloud Podcast.